0: Hello, and welcome to season four of the E3 podcast, Energy and Efficiency with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mottram. This season, we're going to talk about building science, female entrepreneurship, and the built environment. Prepare to get nerdy. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We're excited to have you here. This month, we actually had the opportunity to talk to Louisiana Pacific, or LP, as most of us know building science sustainability manager. I wanted to let everyone know this podcast is not sponsored. It's just an opportunity for us to talk to them about their products, what they have available, and some technical information. So enjoy. Everyone asks me all the time, what do we recommend about products, about sustainability and all that stuff. So I am really excited to hear more about their products and answer all of the questions that you know I have and hopefully some other ones that I haven't thought of yet. So Neil, tell us who you are, what you've been up to, um, what's super exciting in your world.
1: Sure. So I'll start off with who I am. So I'm Neil Friedberg. I have a bachelor's degree in architectural engineering. I worked at Owens Corning under the building science department under Achilles, Caragiosi's another building scientist for 10 years and then LP hired me and now I'm the building science manager here at LP. So I'm helping develop products, uh, for a better world.
0: That is super exciting. Love to hear that.
1: Um, yeah. So as, as far as like, uh, new, there's, there's a, there's always a lot new, right? We we're in, we're in the, uh, In the world of manufacturing, so we're always trying different things and doing different things. Uh, But one of the things that I personally like is that we finally got into the CI world. So the nice thing is, is that now we actually have a much better portfolio when it comes to uh, our products, right? We're increasing that portfolio for that walls, for systems, for codes, for all of it.
0: Yeah, so that's really exciting. Um, one of the things that was cool to see this year at the International Builders Show is product manufacturers like yourself making systems, right? Because it's not just a single product that you're using. You generally need to use it with you know, other things, other parts, other pieces, flashings, whatever. And it's great to see this works with this thing. Um, in the building science world, that's been something that we've been chasing our tail on seems like for a long time. It's like, oh, I have this great product. I want to use it but can I use it with this? How do I use it with this? Um, so when people call in to LP, do they get you to answer technical questions or do you guys have a whole team of technical uh, technical staff? So, you know, we,
1: we, we have a, like a, almost like a, 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 a uh, escalating scale where you first get the person who typically tries to answer the very basic questions. And then as it gets more technical, it goes up. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Typically, uh, the buck stops with my group. Right. So um, we have a great engineer who has an immense amount of knowledge, uh, Phil Vaca, and then a, and the building science department, more me. So it really kind of depends on what specific questions you need. But, yeah, I mean, it comes right to us.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that was one of the fun things is is hearing that um another architect, Steve Basic and I uh, were on a podcast and uh, we were talking to a company and they're like, you know, there's only four people in our technical review. So you'd get one of the four of us. And I was like, challenge accepted. We're going to see if we can find the most complicated question and call in till I get you to answer, you know, some random, you know, like, will this stick to, you know, the side of a car, you know, what some kind of random technical thing. So, um, but my questions around LP kind of, Go back to and we can talk about specific products or, or whatever you want to is what's in your product right so when i hear lp i realize that you are a, some form of composite right yes all of your products are made out of different things so what's it made out of and what do i do with the extra pieces of it offcuts, whatever so
1: what shorts sure. so for those who are listening Uh, LP is a uh, Louisiana Pacific and we manufacture OSB products. A majority of it in more in the residential. Um, Some of it is OEM where it's like in furniture, but you'd never see it. anyways. Um, But our main focus would be how we make our products. So our products are are a combination of uh, wood fibers or wood flakes uh, with waxes and some resins to help glue everything together, help hold everything together. Um, One of the things that, is great about how we make our products is that we use almost every single bit of that the, the tree that we harvest, right? Um, I want to say about 99% of it gets used in our process. From uh, even the, the 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 pieces that we can't use go into providing heat for our in for our own industry, right? So it helps make itself. Um, so that's one of the cool things about it, right? And and it tends to be a much more sustainable uh product due to the fact that it helps make itself uh we you know we we harvest trees based on a very particular standard uh through fsi uh the the forestry industry um we we we're very careful on how we impact as a company the environment in general right so even like offcuts like we're talking about when we have offcuts in, in the plant, it typically goes through some sort of mulching and it can either be used back into the product for a future material or it goes into a, uh, a bin where we burn off and use it as heat, right? So a, ma- our ma- a majority of our material gets used. Yeah. Um, that's, re-
0: that's really exciting. So at the plant level, you're saying that offcuts from things or whatever get burned to heat your facilities. How many facilities do you have?
1: Ooh, so I don't know off the top of my head, and I apologize for that.
0: No, that's I, okay.
1: Uh, I, so I typically deal with the OSB side, and I want to say the OSB has... You know what? I'm not comfortable giving it a number. I just honestly don't know. Um, no,
0: that's okay. One of the reasons I was going to ask about that is so some of the... Uh, so it's really exciting that you use that, and in your facility, you're using all the parts of it. That's what's really exciting about panelized manufacturing is they can use offcuts, Um But we're really trying to help people to understand what's available to them locally, right? And so you have several facilities across the United States, right? So you're relatively local to most people
1: trying to get your product. Correct. We also have uh, facilities in Canada and we have facilities in uh, Chile, depending on where you're building. And I think we're going to be looking at Brazil. Okay. So we do have plants in quite a, uh, I'm sorry, I think we do have plants in Brazil. So we, we, you know, depending on where you're getting it, depending on what the material it is, it's typically very local, right? So people like architects are chasing lead points. This is one of the items that is typically almost in your backyard and it, it's shipped out without uh, a, a large distance. Um, and if it is, we obviously try to use the best methods of traveling to get to two people. Um, you know, one of the other things that we do is we use uh, trees, right? So we we have a uh, harvesting methodology that allows us to pick uh, younger trees because as they as they mature, they tend to absorb less of that uh, carbon to grow. So we tend to use uh, a lot less mature trees. We use trees that we replant in a uh, in a very specific cultivating system where we harvest and replant. So one of the best things about you know, sustainability in general is that OSB is probably one of the most sustainable products out there, right? So if you're looking at car, uh, concrete, it's pretty finite, right? I know, I know businesses are right now looking at different methodologies to get something like that, but Portland cement is finite. We can always grow trees.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, Along with that, uh, and you mentioned lead points, um, one of the other rating systems out there is the Living Building Challenge, and they have been really instrumental in getting um, EPDs or environmental product data sheets out. Do you guys have those yet available for your LP products that, that people who are... Looking to go just that further, further into detail, maybe they have a health aspect for why they need to use it. Maybe they have an environmental aspect. Um, is that available or is that something that you guys are considering?
1: No, so we, we're actually currently working on one. As Great. of uh, October 2021, we uh, published our first one uh, for SmartSide. And one of the cool things about that is, you know, it's generated from aspen trees and it's all naturally generated. Uh, in there, you'll see that... of the wood fibers comes from sustainable wood sources. So it's, it's all in there. We talk about our 99% uh, delivered logs, uh, the efficiency of delivered logs. Like I was talking about, Uh, we also tend to sequester 10 times uh, more than uh, more carbon in the material than like a competitor with a fiber symbol, right? So Mm we, we're actually a um, carbon negative when it comes to a lot of our products.
0: So that's really exciting, and that's um. So, in the Pretty Good House book, we talk a lot about uh, you know, the carbon deficit and this upfront carbon that we're using. And so, hearing that you can use LP, um, you know, certain products that are already available. Probably the way that you produce your products, a lot of the other products that are available are going down this route as well, so that you can have um, something that would have a carbon storing aspect to it because there are some parts of our building that unfortunately we can't build without any carbon so if we can use some products that store it we can offset some of the ones that we're going to use so it's exciting to hear that you guys have epds that you already have out lp smart side i think is probably the one that's most familiar to me up here in in this market um for sure so for for a quick section we'll talk about lp smart side it comes pre-painted can come pre-painted um it has a a 25 year lifespan what's the lifespan on on lp smart side so the warranty
1: the warranty is 25 years Uh, the the lifespan as long as you maintain uh proper painting practices uh every, every i think it's every five years we recommend a new coat just to help maintain the board from being directly exposed to the environment and the elements um it will last you a while i weren't you know we're not truly concerned as long as they people practice proper building maintenance which i know is also another issue for most people
0: yeah so do you have a lot of technical data on how they should install it um we build a lot of double stud walls so we want our walls to dry to the outside so we're often going to install our siding over a strapping layer which um for most products is is fine. It's okay. It's usually actually better for the siding material, not being directly pressed up against something because you're, you reduce the risk of any kind of hydrostatic pressure of water between those two materials. Um, and so do you guys have technical data for people who are like, okay, I want to use this product, but how do I install it?
1: Yeah, 100%. We even have technical field people who will go out there and train the installers to make sure they're properly doing it. Right. So that we can, um, we can certify that they actually know what to do. They know how to do it. They can look at all the complications when it comes to what you call strapping or what I would call like a furring strip or some mm-hmm. sort of rain, rain screen for some other people. But yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny you mentioned rain screens. One of the biggest things that I'm working on now is understanding the moisture content of when something is laying against OSB directly, right? So in our studies using, uh, Woofy. Uh, for those who don't understand, it's a high growth thermal model, um, and we're going to be applying it in real world, where we use smart side versus a, a fiber cement. And we're seeing in the modeling that we have anywhere between 10 to 12 percent more moisture content in the OSB, because that constant connection with uh, fiber cement, who tends to hold more moisture, uh, actually affects your substrate, your, your sheathing. And LP, LP smart side doesn't tend to do that. But we are, we are looking to study absolutely everything about rain screens and how it affects our sheathing and strength long term.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. So that's part of the, you know, that you're doing hydrothermic modeling. Um, hopefully this is one of my, um, my things that I've been working on is getting people to understand their climate zone. So like what works for us here, I'm building a double stud wall and needing to let the water out and have a rain screen and all of that may not be the right installation practice for, you know, say Austin, Texas or somewhere else. And so it's exciting that you guys are doing that. And looking at it in, under different conditions and like, okay, how much moisture does this hold and how long will it take to break down? Because it is an OSB or composite product, right? So when we think about that, we say, okay, if this gets wet and stays wet, is it going to have a problem? And so the fact that you guys are doing studies and testing to see you know, how that's affected. Um, you also talked about uh, comparing it to fiber cement, which is a different type of composite Product, um, which gets a lot of bad rap for the stuff that is uh, basically comes out as dust while you're cutting it or working with it. Do you have any of those same considerations for your LP products?
1: Um, less than cutting around like silica, right? Silica is is, is bad for the lungs, um, regardless of the material you're using or cutting or doing we always recommend well ventilated areas proper ppe safety glasses gloves when necessary handling material you know we're 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 really focused on not just the health and benefit to the homeowner we're also concerned about how it affects the installer right so we we do have a list of proper ppe uh, items that we need to focus on and all the other items that we're going to be using when installing but yeah one, 100% while we're not we're not so much worried as as the amount of silica in a fiber cement product we are still focused on safety so we do recommend masks we do recommend gloves and safety glasses
0: and then um so with with Since we're comparing it to fiber cement, right? So um, one of the things about fiber cement was if you would carry it in the center of a board and the board sort of bent, you would get little fissures in the paint substrate or whatever, which could have some negative effects to how long that lasts. Are there similar considerations for the sections of LP? Um, Do you recommend that they paint it? As soon as they put it up, right, it comes pre-painted, but, you know, I'm I'm making the assumption that you have to prime and paint the ends of anything that you cut. But do you you also recommend that it is painted then once it's installed for, you know, sort of best practice installation?
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, That's always best practice. Uh, We do do have a kit that comes with, um, depending on the color, comes with an edge seal. So when, whenever you make a cut down the, down any part of the board, we recommend you edge seal both sides. Um, we also allow for uh, them to carry a 16 foot board down the center because of the way that OSB is oriented, we're not concerned about snapping or, or, or snapping. the fissuring. Yeah. yeah. Um, which also allows it to be more uh, impact resistant, right? So it allows it to spread versus uh, a, a fibrous, uh, cement-based product, a fiber cement-based product that typically takes the impact and only absorbs it in that area. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, and then as far as like, after you install it, it, it always it always benefits to to protect the product that you are installing, the sooner the better. But we, we know construction, we understand it. And we, we know in our instructions, in our warranties, we do explain that there's a period of time that we understand it's going to be exposed past a certain point, you know, you 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 tend to lose the warranty, but most builders end up painting it soon after. I mean, most of them aren't typically a rush to get it at, at that point.
0: Yeah. And, and just as there's lots of consumers who sometimes listen to this too, is you know, helping to understand that I know that it comes pre painted, but here's the reason why we do another coat of paint after we put it up for good practices. You know, hearing you say yeah. you recommend painting it every five years, we often say, you know, it, it can depend on the color that you choose. Some colors on some sides of houses that might get a lot of sun exposure may need to be painted more frequently than others. And so there's just, um, there's just information that every homeowner should get when they purchase a house or build a house that goes in your owner's manual that says, okay, you know, here's how frequently you need to maintain this product. Um, and I've been saying this for a long time, and it's probably an unpopular opinion with the most homeowners, but there's no such thing as a zero maintenance house. Unfortunately, everything has maintenance, you know, filters have to be changed. Things have to be painted. But they can last for a significant amount of time if we treat them correctly. So it's great to kind of hear you talk about how frequently some of those things need to be addressed. So with LP smart side, do you also have corners and soffits and, you know, all the other uh, fun trim pieces that usually go with the installation of, you know, exterior siding?
1: Yeah, we, we, we absolutely do. You know, we have soffits, we have ventilated soffits, we have unventilated soffits, we have the corner trims, we have uh, the returns around a, a fenestration, absolutely. And for those who don't know, fenestration is like windows and doors. Um, but yes, so, you know, I, I always forget that I speak nerd, and most people don't know that.
0: Um, I have a, a friend, a, a woman who listens to my podcast, a colleague. She's really wonderful. Um, she is a, a writer and a contributor. And um, I, my favorite part was she sent to me. She sent a list of all of the terms that I used on the podcast. That she's like, I didn't know what this was. I had to look it up. I didn't know what this was. I had to look it up. So we do, or we tend to uh, sometimes get in the weeds on some of the nerd speak and not realize that not everybody uh, understands all the things that we're saying. So I do appreciate. Appreciate when you stop and say, wait, that's a word that, you know, people might, might not know. So yeah. other than LP smart side and all of the accru- accoutrements that go with it, you know, trim siding soffits, what other products is LP making?
1: Sure. So we make, uh, items for multi-family where we have flame block. It's, it's a, um uh, cementious material adhered to an OSB panel, which gives you an increased resistance to fire. Um, we have, uh, Tech shield, which is a radiant barrier adhered to OSB for your roof, right? So it helps reduce up to 30 degrees in that attic, um, which can actually decrease energy bills, right? It, it kind of trickles down.
0: Dumb question. Then with that, is the radiant barrier up, radiating the heat back out through the roof substrate, or is it pointed down, radiating either cool air or whatever from the space?
1: It sure is. That's a great question. So the, the shiny side, it goes into the attic, right? So especially in climate zone one, two, and three, and some areas of four, right? The lower four, um, radiant barrier is well approved. It's used, it's light. Um, it helps reduce that temperature in that attic. And, and what it does, it basically helps um, prevent that reflective heat. So once, once that uh, substrate absorbs all that heat, that shiny side pointing down, helps prevent a lot of that radiating heat from the ceiling. Down. Right. So it is reflecting a lot of that temperature in that attic, but it also reduces the amount of heat transferred through uh, the um, the roof.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I didn't mean to distract you from the rest of the LP products. I no, just, no. something no, came no, up that's and I w- wanted to know.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, and, and we have something called Weather Logic, which is a WRB uh, impregnated OSB where we have tape systems we're coming out with a liquid flashing system. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we've developed a new tape and in my opinion, it's probably one of the best out in the market. Um, it, it adheres really well at long-term exposure. It does probably the best out there. Um, so for, for those events where you're, you're putting up siding or, or brick facades, uh, and you're delaying a little bit due to something happening, whether it be supply chain, this, this material will help you dry in your building still, prevent it from absorbing a majority of the water and allowing you to actually work inside while you don't have a facade.
0: So in comparison to that, to, to understand, I think I understand is it's a sort of a zip system type thing. So yes, it's correct, your correct. OSB, For, WRB, yeah. and some kind of tape to seal all the seams and tapes without Correct. using Tyvek or TYPAR or whatever. Yes, yeah. And so then my question on that is a technical question, is um, one of the things that I understand about uh, the ZIP system is the OSB is less vapor permeable than the exterior weather-resistant barrier. Do you have a kind of a similar combination of that or do you have a whole permeance level in your in your board?
1: So, our, our paper ends up being almost the same perms as the OSB itself. Okay. So, while it's great that uh, they have something more permeable on the exterior, the OSB is going to act like the OSB. That paper is not really doing anything much more to help dry it out, because it's going to dry out using vapor pressure and temperature ranges, sure. and it's going to flow naturally. So. Our paper doesn't increase uh, resistance, it it matches the OSB and allows the flow. Okay, great. Um, And we also have what we call NovaCore, which is a one inch of XPS foam um, adhered to OSB. And what you would do is the OSB uh, would be facing the exterior, which would allow uh, the builder or the architect uh, to design it with whatever uh, house wrap they want, uh, You know, depending on location, one of the areas I always recommend if you're off like the Gulf Coast and you're facing the, you're actually facing the Gulf where there's high amounts of pressure. I mean, I always recommend a peel and stick membrane, right? Something very low perm because that amount of pressure constantly on that building, on that uh, Southern facing side, tends to absorb a ton of moisture through OSB naturally. And so when you have something vapor open, it tends to kind of hinder the drying potential when you have high pressure.
0: So, that product, the NovaCore product, does not have a WRB already on it.
1: It, it does not. It, it's just plain OSB, so you still have to wrap it and treat it just like any other uh, commodity OSB. We just have a one inch of R five continuous.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what's great about that, you know, talking about sustainability is. Uh, New regulations around EPA have required manufacturers who manufacture XPS to look at less impactful uh, hydrofluorocarbons or global warming uh, products. And the foam that we're using is that. It's the new NGX uh, version where it reduces uh, the amount of harmful gases that are escaped during uh, manufacturing of the product.
0: So uh, my question then is, because you are making a lot of wood products, um, would you ever consider making a board like that with a wood fiber insulation instead of foam?
1: There's potential. Um, A lot of it has to do with like cantilevering shear. So that is always one thing that we're looking at. Um, But when we look look at like a, a fibrous board for insulation, it's hard to say, Wood fiber is structural enough to, you know, a compressed wood fiber board that insulates is good enough to do that. We haven't right. tested it, but but we've looked at we've looked at it, but we haven't we haven't gone through the testing process to get it a, a specific rating for it.
0: Yeah. But most of the wood fiber
1: is
0: on the outside. So your sheathing for your shear would be on that. Um it makes me wonder if we will move towards um doing shear in a different way, right? We haven't always used our plywood substrate to handle shear in our buildings. There are other ways that we can handle that. And so depending on how products get manufactured and where we go through. Now, um, and this comes back down to, I'm really excited. And part of the reason why I like to talk to product manufacturers like yourself is I'm really excited about the collaboration between architects and builders and product manufacturers to help people understand how they can use that product. say you did develop a product that had wood fiber and the sheathing on it that wasn't meant to be the sheer solution it was just meant to be continuous insulation it's easier to handle you know it it, with it being kind of the sandwich as opposed to just you know wood fiber um that we would know and going across that like this this panel works in these situations. Right. And so that's where I'm really excited about um, having sustainability departments, which one does hydrothermic modeling, right. Because it's really important. So R5 um, in our market isn't enough. So Correct. here, if you've got a two by six, well, you really need R9. Right. So like, even though the code book says you can do R5, if you go to the other chapters of the code where it talks about water R5 isn't enough. And so it's exciting to me to start to hear that there are going to be departments who maybe can answer those questions for for people because- With our building science group, um, it's kind of become a joke that my catchphrase is, it depends. So people will ask me, well, can I do this? And I'm like, well, it depends, right? Let's talk about the rest of your wall system. Let's talk about the other things that are in that. And so my one goal, my one wish for the building world would be that every building department would have a building scientist on staff that would help people. You come in, you need a WRB. And we talk about your wall system. And then I recommend one that works for your wall system. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, I would love to see that. But we are at least starting to see some of that information coming from manufacturing uh, where you guys are saying, this is why we did this. This is why this product is this way. This is how you can use it. Yes, you can put it over strapping. No, we don't recommend this, you know. um, Because um, that information is really important. The more products like, you know... I don't know. Did you start with smart side? Was that the first product that LP made?
1: No, it was OSB.
0: Oh, OSB. Okay. So, you know, you made one product and you've learned since then that you need more systems, more things that work together. One, because that makes it easier. to you say all these things work together? Here you go, you know, go forth and install our products. Um, but now you've created a lot more products, right? And that's, both exciting in the world of construction is that we have the ability to have multiple products, but it's also really frustrating where in the building science world, it means that things seem complicated to people and then they're not sure what they're supposed to use. And we worry about our buildings and what we're using and how we're installing them and everything. And so is there any recommendations? Um, I have another a thing that I, somebody's eventually going to catch on to this. Listen to my podcast and do it. But um, QR codes that architects could put into uh, drawings that would link to LP installation, like three to five minute video of like, this is how you install it. Because you're printing out who doesn't have a smartphone on a job site, right? And I can watch that 10 times a week like, wait, how did he tape that? Where did he put this? And so. Um, I would love to see these QR codes kind of go through so that every detail can have a video of how, how to do it.
1: So it's, it's funny you say that because Nova Core is actually our first product with a QR code, because we're, we're learning that more people have access to phones. More people don't want to carry paperwork, right? Right. And it actually benefits a lot of the salespeople, right? They're not having to carry a portfolio. They can say, hey, look, here's a one cheater. You can scan it with your phone. You have questions. Download it. It links you right to the websites. It links you right to the videos. It's basically a one-stop shop. You're not having to Google and, and, and locate the very specific item that you're looking for when it's all set there. And, and that's actually what we're doing, right? So we're, we're not just looking at how the material is being made. We're, not looking, we're also looking at how people use it, right? How they cut, how they handle it. You know, we're, we're. It's funny. You know, we do drop tests, right? We take a we take sheets of OSB and drop them because we want to know how much of a corner gets ripped off when it falls two stories up. Because we need to understand what waste, what what do they do with that? We we recommend they cut the piece. Do they use it as scrap? Right. So we go through these processes. Um. For uh. For all the products that we're doing, uh. And and when you talk about you know building scientists in an organization, is you're right, we know that's why I'm here at LP. I'm helping them look at all the products that they exist today and how they work and where they can work better and where they can't work, right? So when we're launching products like NovaCore, it has an XPS, which is about a 1.3 perm foam at an inch. And then you have about a three, three to five perm at the OSB. You know. So we, we have to look at all the aspects and orientations of it when we're looking at buildings, right? Foam uh, cavity thicknesses, when you're dealing with like a double stud if you're adding that one inch space it is truly thermally broken right if you're if you're attaching it at the base it's it, they still have some conductant some thermal conductivity through like top plates and and uh bottom plates uh so we're looking at all those aspects of it all um sorry i'm, I'm trying to find a picture of nova core for you so i can send it to you because it is it is <laughs> I'm definitely proud of it. Um, uh, and yeah, so you know we're constantly looking at uh, how to how to make materials that work with other products, and not just ours, right? We while we we love people to use our full suite um, of, of materials, we need to, we understand that people utilize OSB against other items with an air with a cavity for brick facade, uh, poultry stone right? So we have to understand how it affects the moisture content in the OSB and the walls and the cavities, or sometimes even the use of a building, right? So if someone decides to do an indoor pool for a hotel, that moisture content is going to be significantly different than a room right next to it, right? So we have to be able to understand what happens between those two walls at the pool and at at the the actual suite that you're staying and how it affects it all.
0: Yeah, so it's it's so exciting to see how the products transition and what you do. And you're right, uh, um, sometimes availability is a problem, right? So maybe I can get your your board, but I can't get your tape for whatever reason, right? There's an any on the shelf. Um, which brings me to the question is, um, I know where in my market that I can get it. I can just go to the lumber car company and they, one or all of them, sell LP smart side, at least. Um, I'm assuming that if they don't carry, you know, NovaCore, it would be something that they could order as long as they get other things from you. Is that traditionally how most people should be looking for this product? Because one of the other things that can get complicated, especially as a as a designer or an architect is you spec a product you're really excited about, and then the contractor has no idea how to get it.
1: Yeah, th- th- that's valid. Uh, you know, we I while I would say I would love to say that it's very simple. It's it's not. It's one of those things that supply chains, uh, some contracts, right? So it's it's difficult, but you can you can tend to find somebody that can access all our suite. Sorry, and so what I'm showing you in the picture is our board actually installed in the house with the foam uh, facing in and the QR code literally and the everywhere,
0: QR code. Yep.
1: everywhere. And it's 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 to get people to use them, to utilize that tool. Sorry, yeah. going back to what we were talking about. Yeah, so you know, I understand that supply chains are constrained sometimes and shipping, but if, you, if there's enough uh, time and order, we tend to have material for people without an issue. Um, yeah. and, and we would love them to use our full suite, right? One of the advantages of using the, the smart side with the, our LP suite, structure, our structural suite, it allows them to pick and choose the facade of the home, of the building, while focusing on things that really matter, right? Especially for what tasks they need. If it's a multifamily, if you you have a common wall where you need some fire protection, we have a product for you. If it's external moisture, we have a product for you. If it's CI, we have a product for you. And the best thing about our suite is that while it is a cost plus product, it does cost you more than the commodity. You know that the way that we've built the way that we manufacture, the way that we help design and use these products are made to last.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. So we've talked about, you know, products that you make, your commitment to sustainability, um, both in your factories and with your products. Um, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that LP does that you wanted to highlight?
1: Um, no, but I, I would like to mention that in- in my opinion, the amount of energy uh, in the company looking uh, to build a better future is, is alive. You know, we're, we're, we're constantly looking uh, at in- internally and externally, diversity, manufacturing, how to do better products, how to, how to be a better company. And I'm just excited to be at LP at this time. I, I, think, I think we're going to help change construction for the better.
0: Yeah. And I love that. So, I mean, what we're looking for when we are speccing a product is when can we get it locally to what's the, the, the recycled content or the embodied carbon of that product. So, um, I like that we talked about Novacore. um, we're moving towards foam-free environment. And I think that uh, it has its purpose in some locations, you know, like you said, um, for us, we can do it sort of with natural materials, but you're taking that and you're listening to that and you're hearing what the market is asking for and you're transitioning with it. Um, we love when we hear that our factories are moving to renewable energy or water resources, depending on what type of product that people are making and that they've put together, you know, an EPD because they're they're hearing that we're concerned about what's in the product. How does that affect my health if I'm using it on the inside? How does that Infect my installers. So I love that you're also taking into consideration what is the health impact of the installers, right? Because we have to protect our construction industry as well. They're using these products, they're cutting it, they're working with it every day. And we certainly don't want, you know, the silica stuff is bad. We don't want a repeat of asbestos where, you know, they put all that asbestos in and then we're like, oh, wait. It worked great, but by the way, this is terrible for you. And we're taking all the asbestos out, you know? And so it's exciting to hear um, other product manufacturers out there that are really digging into this and they're starting to listen to, you know, some of us, like you, you talked about uh, talking technical speak. I talk about being nerdy. Some of us who are really nerding out and saying, okay, well, what's, you know, what's really in this product and what do I do with it? You know, when I have off cuts and it does it, it's not vinyl siding that goes to the landfill and it's going to live there for the next, you know, 300 years. So like what's really in this product? And so um, I appreciate you coming on today, really giving us a rundown of what you're doing, what you have available Um how it works. And, um, you know, my favorite really, I think is that you're starting to put QR codes. If you can paint your logo or the name of the product on it, you can put that QR code on it and you've taken the time to put together short videos that are installations or, you know, all of that, because that's what we need to successfully, um, put together products and Uh, I mentioned the other architect, Steve Busick. He happened to say at the time, there are no bad products. There are just bad installs. There are probably a couple of bad products. I don't totally agree with him on that. But most of the products bad rap gets bad installation right so i love that you're putting that together because that's really number one thing that we have to worry about is durability and usually water right so having that on there that says hey just click on this you'll get all the data and information and whatever you need to properly install this right because we've all been there undoing something that didn't get done right and thinking okay how do we do this better so i appreciate the effort that you guys are going through to make that information available to people, so.
1: Yeah, and, and just to add to that, we are also uh, purposely making them in Spanish now, right? So videos will be in Spanish because we understand that the installers have a range of languages. So uh, when, we, when we're going to come out with these products in Canada, they will be in French. That way, that way, it doesn't matter who you are, what your expertise is, you'll be able to access information.
0: Thank you for coming on today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: The E3 podcast is recorded monthly. We have had the pleasure this year of talking with both manufacturers, other cool building science people in the field. So let us know if there's anyone that you'd like to hear from or any topic you'd like us to cover. You can send me an email, emily at matramarch.com or reach out to me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or anywhere else that you can find me. Thanks for tuning in today. See you again next month.